So I want to say, first of all, thank you. <coughs> thank you tonight. Um, Kat, I was, I was uh, under the weather last week. I told Kathy, I, I think it's the only time since we've been here, since 2007, I think it's the only time I've ever had to call in sick. I, I couldn't go last Sunday night. I, could, I just couldn't go, and I, uh, I called Misty, and she graciously took it, and I, I saw where y'all had a better service with me gone than you would have if I was here. So I appreciate that. It's wonderful. I want to say I wanted to be the one to announce that we had our first missionary. I didn't get to do that. But I want to say congratulations publicly to Candace Johnson and her answering the call of God to head to Ireland. And just to let you all know how this process goes, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what's going to happen now that she has a sponsored missionary, we'll have to do a few more approvals. Uh, she'll probably have to go through some background checks and stuff like that if she hadn't already. And then after that, she'll be raising money. And we'll, of course, we'll be sponsoring her and helping her on her way and getting her, trying to get her some uh, appointments with some other churches so that she can get her funds raised and we can get her over to Ennis to begin what God has laid upon her heart to do. So we praise God for that. Uh, stand with me, if you would, tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit... I may kind of wander around a little bit tonight. I don't really mean to wander around, but I, I may wander around just a little bit. Um, I, think, I think I would like to continue on what we were began with this morning. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation, the last book of your Bible, and I want to go to chapter 20. <clears throat> and I want to begin reading tonight with verse 11. Chapter 20, verse 11. While you're turning there, I also want to say thank you. Um, several of you brought in uh, food, um, strawberry shortcake, uh, malts, uh, <laughs> all kind of things to my house uh, with us being out this week. Several of you made very encouraging phone calls to us, and we just appreciate your love and the outpouring of your support. Thank you so much for that. It meant a lot to us. Chapter 20, verse 11 says this, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that was in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. So let me ask you this real quickly. How are they judged? They're judged by the things that are written in the books, right? There's, there's books here. Um, the book of life, that's, that's what we call the book of the, you know, the lamb, blood of the, the book of the lamb. That's the book of life. If they're named, and if you're at the great white throne judgment, your name's not going to be in that book. I'll just tell you right now. If you resurrect from the dead and you see a great white throne, you're in a, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. <laughs> you're in a heap of trouble. And then they're going to be judged out of the things that's written in the books that have been kept throughout their lives. Even though they're not saved, God still keeps books. God ke still keeps records. He doesn't say, okay, well, you're not mine. You don't get a, you, you still get an entry in the book. The entry is not whether or not you're going to be saved, but just like there's rewards in heaven, there's rewards in heaven based upon what you knew to do and what you did, 
God will reward you for that. The Bible says in the book of Luke that some of you is going to get a whooping. He says those that knew to do good and didn't do it will be beaten with many lashes. So some of you has got a whipping coming. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it really means that, but, I, but it does say that. I don't think, that, I don't think there's a lashing post in heaven. I think the, po the point is that if you're, you're supposed to do what you know to do. So there's a rewards on the heaven side. Likewise, there, there's rewards on the degree of torment. If you knew to do good and you didn't do it, if you went to church all your life but you didn't serve God, that's going to be different than somebody that, that didn't know. Does that make sense? So you're going to be judged out of those books. And when those books are judging you, it's not going to be judging you whether or not you're going to heaven. That's already been decided because your, your name wasn't in the Lamb's Book of Life. The books are going to be judging your reward in hell, how great your torment throughout eternity. So give you some... Give, that's, that's, not, that's not a good thing to talk about, but it is a thing to talk about. So let's go to 14. 14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So while you're standing there, let me just ask you real quick, why is there no more sea? Because Peter tells us that the earth, if you go back over to verse chapter 20, and when you go to, um, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is why you shouldn't do this in front of everybody. Here it is. Verse 9, if you go to 20 verse 9, it says, And there went up the breath of the earth and could pass the sit in the saints, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So while people are gathered around, we'll get to this in a minute, but while people are gathered around the city of Jerusalem once again to destroy it, fire comes down from heaven and destroys all of the armies. And when that fire, in 2 Peter it tells us that that fire is so hot, hot that mountains melt. So the earth will be totally transformed, purged, completely remade, brand new. And it says, it says the heavens and the earth, that word heaven doesn't mean heaven like you're thinking of heaven. It means the sky around us, the firmament, the blue. The firmament, that's what's going to be redone. The firmament will be redone. The earth will be redone. It's all going to be burnt. It's all going to be burnt up. It's all going to be repurged. All the animals are going to die. Everything is going to be brand new again And God, as God remakes the earth. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God as, out of heaven as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. And God shall wipe all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So everything's new. And he said unto me, Write, these words are true and faithful. And he said, It is done. I am Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. I give unto him that is thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us tonight, God. Lead us and guide us into your word, that we might rightly divide this word of truth, O God, that we might give clarity and meaning unto your word, O God, that we might hear the voice of the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning we talked about... The rapture of the church. We talked about how close we are to the rapture and how, how that's going to that's gonna just be a defining moment. It's not, it's not lifetimes away. It's, it's, short, it's a short period away. 
And whenever we're raptured, I wanted to start tonight by talking about what's the first thing you're going to see after you're raptured. So we're raptured. Our lives are changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, boom, we, we become, this mortal has put on immortality. This corruptible has put on incorruption. We now leave the earth to ascend up to meet Jesus in the air. He's in the clouds. We ascend up to meet him in the clouds. You know, when it was, if you ever seen those dark, those dark clouds that are, that are out there in the sky and every now and then there's just a, a little gleam of light that comes out of one of them. Have y'all seen that? Every now and then my mom would say, you know, Jesus might be in that cloud. He might be coming right now. Are you boys ready? You know, it was a, it was a discussion at our house. We talked about it. You ought to talk about it just to make sure because one of these days it's going to happen. There's going to be a trumpet. The, 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 the ground's going to change. Everything's going to change. And we're going to be raptured out of this place. And whenever we're raptured, what's the first thing that we see? What's the first thing we're going to experience as new creatures, as, as, as angelic, if you want, with new bodies, spirit bodies, no more bodies of the flesh, spirit bodies, What's the first thing we're going to experience? And if you go to Revelation chapter 4, you'll see the scene that you're going to see the first day you're in heaven. Some people say, well, I'm going to run and I'm going to jump in the, in the lap of the Almighty God. I guarantee you, you won't. <laughs> there may be some things you think you're going to do, but that ain't one of them. You're not going to do that because you probably won't be able to stand up long enough. Read with me in chapter 4. Here's what we see. The first voice I heard was as it was a trumpet talking with me, which says, come up hither and I'll show you things which must be thereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. Here's what the first thing you're going to see when you become raptured. The first thing you're going to see is you're going to see a throne set in heaven and you're going to see one, God the Father, sitting upon the throne. And he's to look at like a jasper stone, like a diamond and a sardine stone. And there's going to be a rainbow around the throne in sight like it to an emerald. And around the throne you're going to see four and twenty seats. And upon the seats you're going to see four and twenty elders. Old Testament, twelve Old Testament, twelve New Testament. Clothed in white raiment, crowns on their head. And out of the throne's going to proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices and seven lamps and, the, out of, and before the throne there's like a sea of glass made like into crystal and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne four beasts full of eyes before and behind first beast like a lion second like a calf third had the face like a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle if you look at these beasts in, in, in Ezekiel you'll find out that these are these are beasts that have four faces there's not one that looks like a lion, one that looks like a calf, one that looks like a man. That it, every one of them's got that. They have four faces around their head. These beasts are not, they're not four-headed beasts. They have one head, but they have four faces. And the first, uh, and there are four beasts, each had six wings and they're, full of eyes and they rest not and they cry holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty and when the beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne that lives forever and ever then the four and twenty elders fall down before him and worship the the, and, and worship him that lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before him and holler thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created how many people are we talking about here Revelation 5 verse 11 and I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands Whew. <laughs> 
it's, there's not going to be any echoes up there. There's not going to be any spaces that are not filled. There's going to be thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Crying out and worshiping God, casting down their crowns, giving glory to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. And whenever we begin to get a little quiet, those four beasts are going to begin to shoot across the heavenlies and they're going to begin to say, okay, assembly of God people, give thanks unto the Lord our God who was and is and is to come and it's going to erupt again. Glory and praise and honor and power be to him that sits on the throne forever and ever. What a glorious moment to be alive. What a glorious moment to, to get to experience. What a glorious thing to get to feel and to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm telling you, it, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays to serve the Lord. It pays to be a part of the kingdom of God. It pays, hallelujah, to be able to walk on streets of gold. All that stuff is great, but I'm telling you, the focus of everything that they do in heaven is at the throne room. It's all in worship. It's all in praise. It's all giving glory to God Almighty. And as, as he touches our hearts and touches our eyes, and we found out in Revelation chapter 21 that whenever he begins to, to, to bring us into the fold, whenever everyone begins to, to gather together, he'll start to wipe tears from our eyes. He'll start to make it okay. No dying in heaven. No dying in heaven. No sickness in heaven. No sadness in heaven. Not even shadows in heaven. Not even shadows. On this earth you'll have shadows, right? Why do you have shadows? Because the light behind me, I block it, right? And I, and I make a shadow. I'm making one right now. That's a dog. <laughs> you make shadows. There are no shadows in heaven. Why is there no shadows in heaven? Because it's all light. In that city where the Lamb is the light, in that city where there cometh no night, I have a mansion over there, and it's free from toil and care. I don't have to cut the grass. Hallelujah. I don't have to take out the garbage. It's free from toil and care because I'm going to a city where the Lamb is the light. That city of heaven is full of peace. It's full of love. It's full of joy. It's full of happiness. It's, it's full of the very desires of your heart. There's no continual bombardment of your mind because now your mind's been redeemed. You've put on a new body. The new body's redeemed. There's no bombardment of your mind. There's no continual pulling of the lusts of the flesh. You're free from all that. There's, it's full of love. It's full of joy. It's full of peace. It's full of power. It's full of contentment. It's full of gentleness. It's full of God. It's full of God. It's full of God. Every breath you breathe is full of God. Everything you do is full of God. Every moment you're there, you're full of God and His very aura, His very power, His very presence. Oh, we experience a little bit of it in here. Every now and then, like this morning, we'll begin to feel the waves of glory as they begin to move back and forth across the congregation. Tonight, as we begin to sing and we begin to rejoice that he rose from the, from the grave and God, God resurrected Jesus on the third day as Mike begins to sing that, I felt the waves of glory begin to roll. We get experience of it here a little bit, but over there in that land, it's a continual moving of the waves of glory, continual moving of the power of God as thousands and ten thousands 
ten thousands and thousands and thousands of people worship and praise and fall before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And some people may say, I, that doesn't sound exciting to me. Then stay. It sounds exciting to me. It sounds glorious to me. <laughs> what a wonderful day. What a wonderful day. And so once we're raptured, I may be doing a little more teaching than preaching tonight, but once we're raptured, then for seven years we're going to be judged and we're going to prepare for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I don't know how long this marriage supper is going to take. It, it, it may take, you know, there's no time over there. God, heaven stands apart from time. We know time on earth. God knows no time. He's, he's, at, he's at the end of time, at the beginning of time, at the same time, and everywhere in between. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how, to, how that all works. I just know that when we get there, there's no time. And so in Revelation 19, it begins to tell me about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but, but we'll, we will have been judged. People will receive their rewards. Everything will be taken care of as we gather together for this marriage supper of the Lamb. And in 19, I, I hear people making toasts unto the Lord. And they said, Behold, a great voice out of heaven, much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and honor and power unto the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, for he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants. And again, they said, Hallelujah, and smoke rose up. <laughs> Ooh, glory. Praise God. Praise God. Even at the marriage supper of the Lamb, People are going to start saying, man, you know, it was a hard time in my life one time and God brought me through. And another one's going to say, hallelujah, he brought me through too. And another one's going to say, he saved my child. He saved my grandchild. He brought me through this. He touched me through that. Lazarus is going to say, I was in a grave four days and he brought me out. And people are going to start getting so excited. And next thing you know, somebody's going to say, well, just hallelujah. And we're just going to all break out again. That's why it's going to take so long to eat. But your food's not going to get cold. It's going to be great. What a glorious day to be there. Have you ever just had a good, a good meal with friends and you laughed and you talked about how it used to be and you talked about your parents and how everybody was raised and you, and you just laughed and, and when you left out of there, you just felt so good? Well, imagine doing that for about five to seven years. I know some of you are saying, man, well, I'll get bored. You're not going to get bored. You're not going to get bored. Matter of fact, you're going to say, oh, is it time to go? Why? Because there's no time there. We're just going to be talking about the greatness and the wonderfulness of God. And then after a while, the, the angels are going to announce that the, the dinner's over and they're going to set up, they're going to pick up the tables and chairs and pick up all the plates because we're not going to do it. Hallelujah. That's worth going to heaven enough for me right there. And whenever they get that done, then the Bible tells us in verse 11, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat upon him was faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, his head were as many crowns. He had a name written which no man knew but him himself. It was dipped in a vesture of blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And his armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he should smite the nations. This is the second coming of Christ. The first time we see Jesus, he's in the clouds. And we are, we're changed to meet him. The second time, seven years later, this is 2,520 days later, we're going to mount up on white horses 
to come back to the earth to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. We'll be riding with him. We'll be riding with him. As he returns to the earth for the second coming of Christ, the, world, the nations of the world will be gathered around Jerusalem in the, in the valley of Jehoshaphat. The, the battle of Armageddon will have begun. It will be at a point where a third of the city is taken. The people of Jerusalem will begin to cry out for their Messiah. And whenever they do, Jesus is going to mount a white horse and I'll be riding with him, hallelujah, to come back to this earth to set up the kingdom of God. And for a thousand years, he'll rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thousand years he'll set up here. The Bible says that a young man will die at 100 years old. Long life's going to be instituted. You know, you read in the Bible, you know, Adam lived, what, 960 years? Methuselah lived 969 years. We read about all these people that lived all these hundreds of hundreds of years and people try to explain it away. Well, they didn't count a year like we count them, blah, 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 blah. Well, in the millennial reign of Christ, that's all going to be reinstituted. People are going to live long lives. A, a child will die at 100. The lion will lay down by the lamb. The, the, the baby will play with the serpent. All It will be paradise on earth. It will all be changed for 1,000 years. It will be total Garden of Eden type stuff here on the earth. There will still be people that don't, that don't follow Christ. There will still be people that rebel against Christ. He will rule them with a rod of iron. The Bible says that he will withhold water, withhold rain. Maybe we should have a prayer meeting. <laughs> the Bible says he'll withhold rain from those who rebel against him. He will take care of them, and for 1,000 years he will rule and reign upon this earth. So what happens at the end of the 1,000 years? You're in Revelation 20. Let's keep going here and let's see. And when the 1,000 years, verse 7, are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. In verse 1, verse 2, he was bound for 1,000 years. He was bound with a great chain. They put a lock on him and they threw him in the pit. At the end of a thousand years, he's loosed again. And at the end of that thousand years, the Bible says in verse 8, he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they once again, I don't know how long a season is, but they once again end up compassing the city of the saints and the beloved city, which is Jerusalem. And once again, the nations of the world do the same thing that they did a thousand years before because their natures are not changed. Listen to me for just a second. The Bible says that during the millennial reign, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That glory of the Lord that's covering the earth will cause people, it will change the atmosphere. So the, instead of the atmosphere being continually wicked like it is now, where people's minds are continually on wicked things and trying to do wicked things and death and destruction and wickedness just reign upon the earth right now, God's going to change the atmosphere to where people's minds are no longer focused on wickedness, but they're focused on goodness. And that's not only the human atmosphere, that's the animal atmosphere, right? Because the lion's going to lay down by the lamb. The child's going to play up on the cockatrice, the, the spider hole, 
play with the serpents. Uh, a lion's going to eat grass. Hey, so the glory of the Lord that's covering the earth, are y'all with me? The glory of the Lord that's covering the earth will change, men, change men's thinkings. They will change not only mankind, but it will also change the animal kingdom. And for a thousand years, men will not be had their nature changed. How do you know that? Because there's still some people that rebel against God, right? I told you that earlier. There's still some people that rebel against God. You can go to the end of the book of Ezekiel, the last chapter, and read what I'm telling you. There'll still be people that will rebel against God. There'll still be people that don't want to serve him. There'll still be people that serve him only because he's got a rod of iron. And whenever Jesus brings his kingdom back up and the devil's loose, those people once again turn immediately and begin to serve the devil. In the Old Testament, there's a, there's a king. His name is Joash. Hang on with me for just a minute. <clears throat> so Joash's dad's name was Ahaziah, and his mother's name was Athaliah. Ahaziah was killed by a guy named Jehu. Are y'all keeping up with this? I know sometimes I give you too much information. Jehu killed Ahaziah. When he did, Athaliah, the, the wicked mama, took over the kingship, and she killed all of the royal seed except for one. His name was Joash. He had, a, he had a good sister like Ariana who ran and got him and hid him, and she couldn't find him. And she hid him for seven years till he was seven years old. She was married to a king, you know, to a priest whose name just went out of my head. Oh, I hate that. Her name was Josabeth. Why can't I remember his name? Anyway, so this priest, bless you, this priest, <laughs> this priest, took Joash, and he made him king. And as long as this priest was alive, Joash was a good king. The country followed God. It followed the rules of the, of the law. It did everything that was right as long as Jehoiada, that was the priest's name. As long as Jehoiada was alive, Joash did the right things. Are you with me? Just like as long as God is on the earth, everybody's going to do the right stuff. But as soon as Jehoiada died... The Bible says that upon the death of Jehoiada, the princes of the nation of Israel went to Joash and they convinced him to turn to evil. It didn't take a lot of convincing. And he immediately turned to evil to the point that he even killed Zechariah, who was, who was Jehoiada's son. He killed his cousin for telling him he was wrong. And that's the same thing that's going to happen whenever Jesus sets up his kingdom for a thousand years to rule and reign upon the earth. He will rule with a rod of iron. People will do what he says, but there's going to be some people who only do what he says because he's in control. And as soon as that thousand years is up <clears throat> and Satan is loose, they immediately revert back to right what they were before. Are you with me? So why would God allow that? <clears throat> Free will. Free will. They, they, they've known what it was to live in a perfect environment. They've known what it was to know the pleasures of the Lord. They've known what it was to be blessed of God. They've known what it was to be in 100% relationship with Jesus Christ. They know what it is to live in perfect peace, perfect harmony, perfect bliss. They know what it is, but as soon as Jesus is gone, their free will causes them to reject God and to embrace the creature. Romans chapter 1. 
When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And so God turned them over to a reprobate mind to begin to serve the devil. And they served the devil. And at the end of a season of time, they gather around once again around God's people in Jerusalem to destroy that city. Are you with me? Okay. So they gather around the city. They're going to destroy the city once again. And this time, we read earlier, verse 9, and, they, and the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. This time, God is going to destroy the earth and the people that are against him by fire. Fire is going to come down. It's going to destroy them to the point that even the mountains are going to disappear. The water of the seas is going to dry up. Everything about it's going to be changed. The people that stand against God are going to be annihilated. Now, I was at a service one time, and a guy named John G. Hall told me that. And I went up to him and said, so you're telling me that there's going to be people that survive this fire? And he said, yes, there are, because there's people as you keep going here. I said, how can somebody survive a fire that's so intense that it melts mountains and evaporates seas? How can somebody survive that? And he went like this, huh, I don't know, let me think. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I said, that might work. <laughs> the people of God will go through this fire. But the people of the new Antichrist will be destroyed by fire. And the earth will be remade, a new heaven and a new earth. Then we come down into the great white throne judgment, and then we get to chapter 21, and we start to see heaven as it's opened up. So heaven, heaven is, a, heaven is more of a planet than a, than a place. Does that make sense? It's, we've always thought about heaven as the city. We think about heaven, when we talk about heaven, we talk about the city, right? Walls of, walls of jasper, streets of gold, uh, living waters of, of crystal clear, uh, trees along the, along the river banks that change their fruit every month. So this month it might be apples, next month it might be pears, next month it might be cherries, next month it might be lemons. Every month these, these trees change their fruit. The Bible says that the leaves of these trees are for the healing of the nation. And when we talk about those things, we're talking about the city. There's a city that sits at a pinnacle. This is my opinion, by the way. The Bible says that heaven is 1,400 miles long, 1,400 miles wide, and 1,400 miles high. I'm going to let that sink in for just a moment. It's four square. So it's as tall as it is wide as it is long. 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, and 1,400 miles high. In my mind, I see like a mountain that's that tall. And on the top of that mountain is the city, is the thing that we call heaven. It's that area on top of that plateau where the Lamb of God sits, where the, where the throne room of God sits, where all the things that you read about are going on in verse, um, in, in, in verse uh, 21. 
It says, in the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of a pearl. The street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine upon it. For the glory of the Lord did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor to it. And the gates of it shall not be shut by day or by night by day for there shall be no night there and they shall bring their glory and honor of the nations to it and there shall no, be no wise anything that in it that defileth or worketh abomination or maketh a lie but only those whose names are written in the land's book of life there's going to be people all over the place there are going to be people throughout the 1400 miles of this area there's going to be people on the mountainside if you would there's going to be people in different areas but the focus of everything that's done in heaven is the temple. It's the top of that, of that mountain, if you would, where the, where the temple sits, where the glory of the Lord sits, where the, the throne room is. Everything is focused toward the throne. And whenever you get to heaven, you're not going to spend all your time up there in that one city. You're not just going to go up there and sit on the side of the riverbank and Get your cane pole and <laughs> drop it in there and see what kind of fish you can pull out. Not, that's not all you're going to do. People are going to, there's gates of that thing. People are going to be going in and out, doing the will of the Lord, and, and people are going to be moving, and there's going to be activity, and it's, it's going to be a place of continual moving. And, and, and the, the Bible tells us in John chapter 14 that, that God, Jesus, has prepared mansions. Now, if you're an NIV reader, you've got a room. But I'm a King James guy, so I've got a mansion. Just depends on what you want. <laughs> but there's mansions there. There's, 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 there's cities there. There's, there's things going on. There's, there's, there's continual movement there. A lot of activity because heaven's not a stagnant place. It's not some place where you just go and sit on a cloud and, and, and wonder what's next and play a harp. It's, it's not that at all. It's continual movement, doing the will of God, moving back and forth. Kings and nations and rulers and people coming in and out of the gates of the city. And, and there's continual movement and commerce there because, because God is a lively God. There's stuff that's going on. There's movements that's happening. But it's all happening under the glory and the power of the Almighty. So whenever you rapture out of this place and you, and you go into the heavenly realm, you don't just go up there to a, to a, a void. You know, just go up there to, to something where there's nothing going on. There'll be, there'll be praise and worship going on. I don't, Mike, Mike may have a golden guitar up there and he may be strumming on Hallelujah Square and people gathering around and worshiping the king. There'll be worship leaders going on. There'll be praisers praising God. There'll be people serving and, and people being served and, and it's going to be a continual movement of activity all focused to glorify God. No bad neighbors. Nobody that's ugly. Everybody there for the glory and the power of the Almighty. And so what I want you to get tonight is that heaven is not a place that's, that's just stagnant or mysterious or spooky. It's not a place where there's where we just go to a city and what do we do all day? You know, there's no video games. What are we going to play? You know, any Fortnite up there or something, you know? It's not, none of that. It's, it's going to be a place of glory, a place of power, a place of anointing, a place of movement, a place of, of, of continual waves of the power of God, a continual 
just, just watching those trees change fruit every month, I think is going to be awesome. What's it going to be next month? You know? And so tonight, I just wanted to, to kind of go through this a little bit, to, and, and maybe this wasn't a shouting sermon, but I just want to go through there a little bit and tell you that, that once you're raptured, that's, that's not the end. You don't just change your body and then go up there and, 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 and not do anything. There's still a lot of movement, a lot of, a lot of things going through, and, 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 and heaven is a, is, is a place that's, uh, that's full of glory, full of power, full of anointing, more beautiful than you can ever imagine, where every, you know, I've had people tell me, well, or, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, I love my little dog, or is my dog going to be up there? And my answer is this, every desire of your heart's going to be met. If that dog means that much to you, then I imagine God will be okay with your dog. Don't bring it to my house. I'm joking. I'm playing. I'm just playing. I'm just trying to get a laugh out of you. But every desire of your heart is going to be met. Every, 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 everything that's, that your desire is, is going to be there. Because you're only going to desire the things that are godly. And those desires will all be met. And tonight, I want to I let you know that heaven is not a stagnant, boring place. It's a place of beauty beyond compare. It's a place of activity. It's a place of power. It's a place of anointing. It's a place of glory. And it's a place where forever we'll be in the presence of the Lord, doing his work, doing his will. I want to tell you one more thing, and then I'm going to quit because I've been going for about 40 minutes. But I want to tell you one more thing. I don't understand this. I'll tell you that right off the bat. I'm not sure I understand this, but I know it's in there. I've read it. There are going to be people that survive that last fire who stay on the earth as humans. Now, I don't understand that, but I know it's there. And they're going to repopulate the earth with humans. I, I, I don't know what's after that. The Bible doesn't tell me. It stops right there. But in that repopulation, they will see you as angels. You will be in a glorified body. They will, they will see you as an angel. Your mama may not see you that way right now. But whenever you get to heaven, you'll be seen. Let, let me show you one more thing and then we'll quit. I know I just blew your mind. I, 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 saw the, I saw the light bulbs going off over all your heads. Look with me at the end of chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 8. This is John. Now, what kind of body is John in? He's not, he's not glorified. He's on the Isle of Patmos, right? So he's flesh and blood. Is that right? He's flesh and blood. He's, he's seeing this vision. Whether he's on the earth or whether he's in heaven, I'm, I'm not sure where he's at. Right now, I really think he's in heaven. But he's, he's somewhere. And here's what John says. Are you with me? Chapter 22, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of this prophecy. And I, John, saw and heard them. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship the feet of the angel which had shown me these things. What is the reply of the angel? See thou do it not, for I am 
thy fellow servants and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the saying of this book, worship God. So who's showing him around? I don't know. It might have been Amos, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Habakkuk, Malachi. I don't know who it is. But it's someone who was on the earth, who is now in a glorified body, who is now in heaven, and John sees him as an angel. And he says, don't worship me. I'm just of your brethren. I just happen to be on the other side. And so whenever you're raptured and you put on a body that's got immortality and a thousand and so years later when people that have survived the fire of the end and have come back to a new heaven and a new earth and have begun to repopulate it like God intended it in Genesis, Right? Adam was a flesh and blood man, was he not? And what was his purpose in coming to earth? To populate it as a man. And there was a tree in that garden called what? The tree of life. And if God said if they partake of the free tree of life, they'll live forever like us. Did I blow your mind? Let's think about this. Well, good. I'm glad I gave you something to think about. But they will see you in an angelic form. So, tonight I just wanted to spend a little bit of time going over Revelation 20, Revelation 21, and a few other places to tell you, first of all, that heaven is a place that is populated with, it's not a sparsely populated place. There are 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands and thousands of people in heaven, even right now, but we'll be more when we get there. And we will all be worshiping and praising and glorifying God in ways of glory and in methods and manners that you can't even imagine being in this earthly body. And for a thousand years, we will rule and reign with him after the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then... The devil will be loose for a season, but then the earth will be destroyed again and a new heaven and a new earth. We go all the way back to Genesis again. All the way back to Genesis, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was what? Void and without form. And darkness walked upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. What did he do? He recreated the earth. What's he going to do at the end? Recreate the earth. The whole, do you see that? It, it's all, it, it all has cycled back around. We're back to Genesis 1-1 again as God begins to write a new chapter that he hasn't given us in this book yet because my Bible at the end of chapter 22 says the end. But I know it's not the end. It's only the end of the beginning. It's not the end. So stand with me tonight. I hope the Lord, hope, hope you've enjoyed this. Hope you've learned something. Hope I didn't steer you wrong. If I did, you can come fuss at me later. But it's a glorious task, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Mm. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Glory to God.
Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God. I pray tonight, Father, that we've caught a glimpse of your, of your vision, God. Lord, that maybe just for a moment tonight, oh God, we've seen your world, oh God. Lord, just for a moment, Lord God, we've experienced, Lord God, what you've prepared for those that love you, Lord God. Father, I know, Almighty God, what's prepared for those that don't love you, oh God. I know, Lord God, of the eternity that's in hell and fire and brimstone. I, I know of that, oh God, in the land called Gehenna, the land of the dead. But, oh God, I thank you tonight, God, that we're destined for the land of the living. For we are not appointed under wrath, glory to God. But we are appointed unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray tonight, Almighty God, that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would put a longing in our hearts, O oh God, to see Jesus, O oh God, a longing in our hearts, O oh God, to be enthroned in the power of God, a longing in our hearts, O oh God, to know you, to see you, to be a part of you. And Lord God, I thank you for this congregation. I pray tonight, O oh God, that our knowledge has been increased, O oh God, and I pray tonight, Father, that your Holy Spirit has put something within our soul, Almighty God, that causes us to hunger and thirst for that day, O oh God, when we might stand with you, O oh God, in the throne room of heaven. God, I pray, Father God, that everyone that's under the sound of my voice tonight, O oh God, that they would be there, Father God, that there wouldn't be anybody that's here tonight, God, that wouldn't be gathered around that throne, O oh God. And, Father God, that we would be there as a church family, Lord God, joined together by the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, God, and I pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Protect this congregation this week, O oh God. Prosper them in everything they put their hands to. Let your glory fill their hearts and fill their minds and fill their souls. And let everything be done unto the glory of God the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Tuesday morning prayer meeting. Wednesday we'll be back in church. God bless you.